the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the dagger? It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Agent back to pass. Rushed out of the pocket. Throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Oh, he caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Wednesday the 7th. You're tuned into Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. What's going on? Oh, not too much. I'm a little excited tonight for uh, my weekly wrestling because there was a humongous fight that broke out after the last pay-per-view that was after the show. Man, so, I, so is is wrestling back? That's all I've, I feel like I've been seeing so much wrestling stuff with like Raw, Monday Night Raw. I mean, I, I'm going to sound like I have no idea what I'm talking about because yeah. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I feel like it's back popular again. A lot of stuff's going its way right now. So, as no, as most know, Vince McMahon's no longer working with the WWE. He's mm-hmm. stepped away, and then basically Triple H is the guy running most of like the stuff you see on TV now. Okay, and, and and people love what he's done. He's been doing really great with things so far. And they just had, I think, their first like major event outside of the U.S. in I think thirty years. They were over in Cardiff, Wales. They've been hitting on all cylinders. And then the other big wrestling company right now, AEW. They just had the, their big one of their four big events of the year all out. And then apparently there was a so CM Punk, he went off after they had a media scrum. He goes off. He talks about like a friend of his by the name of uh, Scott Colton on TV is known as Colt Cabana. Okay. And of course. he and he goes off like they were friends and then they were like suing each other. It was messy. And then and then he goes off. He's like, it's. And then there was rumors going around because Cole Cabana was working in AEW before Punk got there. Okay. And then now Cabana's not on TV. See, this is this is why I think I got out of wrestling. It's cra- it's crazy. There's so much extra stuff to pay attention but, to. But wait, it gets better. So <laughs> so he goes off in this press conference, and the guy who owns AEW, Tony Khan, it's uh, Shahid Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars' son. So he's sitting there listening to all this. Punk is going off, and he's just saying like, yeah, it's ridiculous that our EVPs who can't even run a target are spreading rumors that I'm demoting this guy and not letting him get on TV. And the EVPs are wrestlers as well. So after all that goes down, and then he calls out all the people in the company. So he goes in the back. Apparently what happens is the EVPs confront him about it after his interview, and a big fight comes out of it. So apparently... A bunch of suspensions are getting thrown out. A bunch of stuff's going on. Uh, there was one thing that like somebody threw a chair and knocked out a guy, and somebody like bit like something. for real. No, like, like I'm dead it serious. It wasn't scripted. It's not scripted. Dead serious. Dead serious right now. And what do you mean, Luke? It's never scripted. It's always real. It's real to me. Dang it. <laughs> it's always real. And then, and then, like someone else got bit, and like stitches were needed. And someone got bit. Yes. Yeah. It was uh, Punk's uh, trainer. He goes by the name Ace Steel. So he's God, the names are so great. Ace Steel. Ace Steel. So and he he was just featured on TV like last week. It was the first time anybody saw him on TV. And so he got bit. 
No, he yeah. bit oh. he bit somebody else. Oh, A Steel beat somebody. A Steel was the guy biting someone, and A Steel is the guy who threw the chair and knocked somebody out. Hey, you yeah, have to call your wife after that one. I'm, yeah. what's up? I'm calling you from the emergency you get room. A Steel. A Steel just took a chunk so, out of my neck. So you get comp for a bite, human bite. I would assume so. Like it's, and then I'll see you in court. Yeah, it's been all unraveling. Like people versus A C Steel. Like it was, it was wild because it was they. They said that like security was so afraid to break it up they wouldn't do it so they had to get other wrestlers to break this up because it was that bad and then like <laughs> apparently a bunch of suspensions got thrown out. There's rumors going around that they might like like the higher ups at Warner Brothers because AEW's all under TNT, TNS, Turner, and all that. People were saying Warner Brothers might get CM Punk out of the company because of this. Crazy. So I'm interested to see what's going to go on in the next couple of weeks. It's a crazy story. It's ongoing, but. Damn. Yeah, that's that's what Who'd that's, thought? What, that's what been no going idea. on the past couple of days towards that company. So that's well, what they should show in wrestling. Yeah, not honestly, the fake stuff like put a camera in the in the yeah. boardroom here. I'm telling you, if they did a Netflix series on like the behind the scenes of wrestling for like a full year, that would that would do numbers. Like it would be insane because it's it's wow. wild what happens behind the scenes. It's crazy, unbelievable. I'm I'm so far removed. I, I I'm astonished by all that. I don't even know how to comprehend it. There's your uh, wrestling talk. If you ever wanted it on Panhandle Sports Live, there, <laughs> there you go. You got it. There it is. <laughs> hey, there's some. I bet you there's somebody out there listening right now saying, "Finally, somebody's talking about." Someone mentioned this. Somebody's talking about it on the radio, and Parker's want to do it anyway. Tune in well, tomorrow for cricket and highlight. And hey, we'll I make, can talk. I can talk a little cricket if you want to talk. We'll, we'll, we'll make the rounds. A little Aussie rules, rules football. There you, maybe. Go. there you go. A little rugby. But speaking of football, there was some local uh, soccer happening yesterday uh, with the rain pouring, with the monsoon happening. Uh, Luke Wiggs, he he put his galoshes on and went out into the uh, into the abyss, and well, you saw some pretty good games. Yeah, I did. That was the the best game I think I had seen up until this point in terms of quality. And I, I noticed that a severe ma- lack of rain gear was packed when I moved out here to the Panhandle. But it it it's was a what wet it was. In the fall, it's yeah. a wet in the fall. But it was Hedgesville against Spring Mills and boys soccer at uh, Spring Mills on that turf surface where there's a lot of slipping and sliding. Uh, Hedgesville gets the first goal of this game. Henry Galvis basically goes one on three, makes a move around the defense, and then puts it in the back of the net. And Hedgesville showed a lot of the ball, really good in possession, the first 40 minutes of this match. And I thought, okay, maybe they'll just park a couple guys behind it uh, and and try to see this one out for a 1-0 win. But Spring Mills, they're really well coached. I caught up with their head coach here in a second with uh, Ahmed Suazo. They get the goal back to equalize in the 30th minute. Isaiah Briggs, and the two goals that Briggs scored, you can see on our Twitter page, at EP News Network. The first one on the volley was just an unbelievable touch. You know, there are questions to be asked of the defense in that play. Basically, the back three and the the, the that right center back was out of position, but Briggs with just a great volley. And then the second goal, I only got the shot of it. Uh, into the back of the net from distance was also a great one. Both times celebrating like Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, which was fantastic. 2-1 at the half, uh, and then they add a third goal. About 15 minutes left in the game. It was just a miscommunication from the Hedgesville back line. Uh, so it's a 3-1 final. Two very well-played game teams, I should say. And uh, for Spring Mills, they're now undefeated in conference play. They've won their first two conference games. They'll take on Washington, which is another very good test because the winners that coach that team, they're, they're very well-disciplined as well. Spring Mills was the team to beat last year. Hedgesville upset them um, in postseason play. So Spring Mills returns the favor here in the regular season. The Briggses are great for that team. The Landsbergers are great. You know, I mentioned Galvez, who had the goal, and then Landon Bray. 
to be fair to Hedgesville. I think Landon Bray, it's hard to say because Briggs had a brace, and he's a fantastic player. Landon Bray might have been the best player I've seen up until this point for the Eagles. He's, he's incredibly disciplined, really good with the ball at his feet. Managed to stay dry for most of the match under you know the, the facade there and the concourse and whatever. The second I step on the pitch to talk to the head coach, who was very great, gracious giving me the time, the heavens just absolutely opened up. Coach, you fall behind by an early goal, but you obviously have to be proud with how your team rebounded today to get the win. Well, yeah, you know why? Athena starts a little bit slow. I don't know why, but um, they come back and they uh, start playing well, move the ball around, and we score. And when we score the first goal, we know the second coming, and uh, we start getting better. The first goal gives us confidence, and we, we, we do a really good job. Uh, and coach, in the second half, it seemed as though you guys were on the ball a lot more, had a lot more possession. Was that kind of the game plan uh, at half to spend more time on the ball and have uh, better possessions? Yeah, always we uh, try to correct some things that I see uh, many gaps in the middle all the time. Half, and we try to correct the stand. I told today, you know what, we have to close the gap and we have to control the ball more and let the ball run and we don't have to run at all. I mean, uh, I think the team understand well and I think it's why we get the second half better. And coach, you get two phenomenal goals from Briggs in that game. Uh, the first one on the volley, the second one from distance. Just really two goal scorers, goals there to give you the advantage. I can tell you that. Isaiah is a great player. I mean, it's a symbol of I mean, how you, you, every coach want to have that kind of player on the team because, I mean, he's unbelievable. I mean, I, I, feel, I feel proud of all my team, but Isaiah, you know, today, he, uh, like every game, he put his heart in it. It's always great to talk to Coach Suazo, um, you know, to try to translate there. I apologize for the poor audio quality, but we were just getting dumped on with the rain. <laughs> was really happy with his, how his team played. He said he knew once he scored the first goal that they were going to get the second. It was just a matter of confidence, bouncing back from giving up that early goal. And he talked about the Briggses. He, he's been the most reluctant coach, I think, to talk about individual talent, and rightfully so. He wants to run a scheme. He wants to have more of the ball, you know, a little bit of a change stylistically from what um, Spring Mills has done in the past. But he did go out of his way to mention, you know, Isaiah Briggs, the three Briggs brothers and the Landsbergers there as well, not to mention the other great players that they have on the team. But Isaiah Briggs in particular, you know, those were goal scorers goals. He said it's a pleasure to coach him. It's a pleasure to watch him. And he's a sophomore. So mm -hmm. he's going to be tearing up the EPAC for a long time. So always great to uh, to, to uh, catch up with coach, uh, hopefully next time under some better weather conditions. But you know, I, I've spent a little bit more time on the boys' side of things uh, than the girls' side of things. I'm excited to turn to uh, back the girls' soccer here in the next couple of weeks and try to set the scene for what's going on in the EPAC. But like I said, Spring Mills is a, emerging as a favorite. Uh, I think they're really well-coached and very disciplined. I liked what I saw out of Hedgesville as well. You know, Martinsburg looks a lot better than they did last year. Washington, uh, if I'm able to, I might just stick with Spring Mills this week and see the Spring Mills-Washington game on Thursday because that might be one against two in the EPAC. We'll have to see. But as football is ramping up and we know how good those teams are on the gridiron, uh, the soccer that's being played around here is excellent quality as well. Yeah, and I feel like they always kind of, well, all the fall sports over here do get overshadowed by football. I mean, for obvious reasons, right? But yeah, it is nice to go out there and get the little bit of the action. And goodness, well, I guess it's a good thing for the game that the rain held off for the most part yeah. uh, until right afterwards. But it did sound like it was brutal conditions. And I didn't yeah. want to post it. I didn't want to embarrass the kids. Somebody's ankles got absolutely snatched. Oh, no. I've got oh, the wow. video. I don't. I won't name names. I'll have to show it to you guys after the show. I think the rain had a lot to do with him. Just, I mean, his soul left his body. It was something else. Also, the culture around Spring Mills. I hope this guy's listening. 
whoever was doing PA for them last night was just an absolute enigma of a man. I was sitting <laughs> underneath awesome. the press box with the window because every time it would start to rain, I'd go underneath kind mm. of the overhang. So I was kind of not eavesdropping, but I could hear the conversations every two minutes. I have no idea how this guy connects his conversations. You know, he was talking about, I think he was a teacher. He was talking about a class. And two minutes later, he just goes, fun fact, my pants were in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. And I'm just, <laughs> and I'm just what? Who? What? Uh, so that's that, kind of cool, though. Yeah, and that's then he cool. would just he would just pop on the mic, do a little bit of play by play here and now. He he didn't quite know what was going on. He kept saying, "I'm a football guy. You have to translate." <laughs> of for course, me. but of uh, course. but uh, good culture and, and and good people there around the Spring Mills program and a well deserved win. But we'll have to see how it shakes out the playoffs. Yeah, could, could you imagine ahead. if that was uh, Rob, our former sales guy here, doing that? It might have been. Oh, <laughs> it could have been. I guess could, thinking could about like it. Ron. Yeah, yeah, it could have been Ron. Ron, been Ron. Ron's an interesting person. It could have been. Dude, I mean, I that. that's one of the one of the early things I missed when we first started the show was every day Ron would come in mid show and we'd see what kind of polo he was wearing. He Heat. has he has one of the best polo selections Heat. I've ever seen. He like it'd just be he'd bring out like the pullovers. Yeah, yeah. He had like a Florida State pullover. Yeah, something, something like, like that. It's stripper drown in this world, and he yeah, is floating. He is yeah. he yeah, he had one of the best collections I've seen in a while. But so, yeah, we miss you, Ron. We so, miss you, uh, Parker. I got a um, wrestling question for you. Okay, what we got before we hit this break? Um, so again, so remind me again, uh, who who bit who? Okay, so CM Punk, his trainer and mentor type of guy, Ace Steel. Okay, he, Ace Steel. Yes. So is he? Does he have any relation to George the Animal Steel? Because apparently he used to be a biter too. <laughs> I love that you referenced that. George is the, the listener question steel. here. Listener I question. love that was referenced. <laughs> I, I, as far as I know of, no, I don't think there's no relation to George the Animal Steel. But I, it's on brand. I, it, it would be on brand with the uh, steel there. But no, <laughs> with uh, George the Animal Steel, he was uh, more of his character. Did that a steel the uh, person? It's just was a maniac. The, it's just a maniac, apparently. <laughs> so I, I'll if I get more info on it, I'll fo- I'll follow, <laughs> up, follow up in the later weeks. We'll go but, live. The yeah. EW reporter. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll have to. Follow we got to get you creds to a like, in the Ace Steel dressing room. Yeah, yeah. we got to get you uh, media creds to a Monday Night Raw somewhere. That'd be there pretty you cool. Go. That'd be wild. Cool. Uh, but yeah, stick around. You have no idea what we're gonna talk about anymore on Panel Sports Live. Could be uh, wrestling, could be cricket, who knows? But stick around. We'll be back after the break on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Sports Live, your home for sports in the Panhandle. Here's Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. So I think I can vouch for all three of us in saying that college game day is really the best way to wake up on a Saturday morning, right? Oh, yeah. you got no, absolutely. That, those guys are great. The electricity in the, you know, wherever they're at is amazing. I mean, the student sections are great. Reading all the signs, it's just perfect television, I think, especially for college sports. And I think their most recent hire or addition uh, is going to do nothing but just elevate that because he is, I mean, a, the epitome of like your college football fan, I think, is Pat McAfee is going to be joining College Game Day. So you think that's good hire? Uh, you know, it, w- it was between him and Ace Steel, and I think that <laughs> going with McAfee in the end. Yeah, he's a great personality. I think he represents West Virginia well. Um, you know, he's not too barstooly mm-hmm. in my opinion, yeah. but he's just got a little bit of that vibe to him. Got really, enough bro in him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's entertaining. I don't know how he does what he does. Uh-uh. You know what I mean? I mean, it's crazy. I mean he's was, on all the time. And, and uh, the, the, for the 15th time bringing up wrestling, he's got a wrestling game 
gig on Friday nights. Yeah, yeah. He, he's the color commentator so, on Friday night SmackDown. So he does that Friday night stuff. Then he'll have game day. He, you know, he's getting involved with ESP. He does a little Monday night football stuff every now and then. And then he's got his regular show. You know, I don't know how he's doing all this. You know, he's he's something else, and I'm excited. He he adds a lot to the broadcast. I like Game Day a lot, but I think it's fair to say we all love Lee Corso. Oh, and absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but it's, you're just starting to wind down a little bit here, and I, yeah. don't, I don't want to be disrespectful. They're starting to taint it. He's starting. It's starting to taint his like legacy yeah. a little bit. Yeah, because it's starting to get so bad. <laughs> So bringing Pat into the fold, I think, helps bolster, you know, the 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 final games, months, days, mm-hmm. whatever Lee Corso has oh, got going on. Goodness, um, and yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good hire. Yeah. And sadly for Lee Corso, he's ending up more like Brett Favre in the New York Jets and Brett Favre in the Green Bay <laughs> Packers right now. But I mean, he's he's meant Corso's meant so much to game day. He's kind of what has made game day game yeah. day. But I mean, nothing I, beats him walking, pulling that uh, mascot head, you know, no. out, or him getting the musket for a West yeah. Virginia game. It's 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 part of the legacy of college game day, and I think eventually, whenever Lee Corso decides to hang it up and be done, I think I think the best person to maybe carry on that legacy would be Pat McAfee. Mm-hmm. I think I think him doing the headgear picks, him doing things like that, I think it'd be hilarious. I think Pat has the personality to do it, like Lee does, and. I think I hope that's where he settles into as well, and I'm very interested to see where he's also going to settle in towards wrestling. They really love him over there in the WWE. He's been doing really good work over there. Well, his personality is perfect for that too. Oh, he's he's loved it. He's he's actually wrestled a couple matches for him too. So he's been doing all sorts. He wrestled at their SummerSlam event. He wrestled at the last WrestleMania event. He's he's been doing so much stuff, and I'm just I don't know how Pat's going to do it all because he missed the uh, last event. I think he had prior obligations. I'm interested to see how they're going to mix everything with his schedule, and again. Again, he does a he does a live show every weekday. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know how Pat does it. It's oh, insane. But what a get! He's the Aaron Rodgers whisperer. We can't let honestly. Yeah, he, he's the Aaron Rodgers we're, insider. How else are we going to know what other crazy stuff Aaron Rodgers is? Well, doing? I'm sure that he's going to be making enough money that he'll have plenty of options for transportation <laughs> to get wherever he oh, needs to go. Absolutely. Uh, he's probably making a bag or twelve uh, with that. Yeah, he's but not. He's not going fourteen hours round trip in the station van to get. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Uh-uh. No he ain't shot. hopping on a train. Uh, he's getting his own jet. Probably he's the only person on that jet uh, to get wherever he's got to go. But let's talk baseball, fellas, because the O's, they win last night, 9-6 to six over the Blue Jays with a little bit of a uh, uh, little old-school baseball. Benches clearing, guys getting up in each other's faces. A pretty normal baseball fight where really nothing actually happens. Everybody just runs and yells each other, pushes each other around. Uh, but you think that's enough to you know light a fire back under these O's and get them moving again? Or do you think it's still a little, too little, too late? I mean, these are the kind of games that you need to win. You need to have a couple of ugly W's thrown in there. A multi-hit day from Mullins at the top of the lineup and Rushman hitting second. I like him in the two spot. Yeah, This mm-hmm. continues to drive in runs and Mountcastle drives in three. Their pitching is just uh, completely 180. Unfortunately, Bradish in this game gives up three runs in three innings, and it's just not good enough, you know, frankly. But they chase the uh, the Blue Jays starter. Was it Mitchell White out of that start early? Um, there's some grit. There's some tenacity to it. You have 15 combined runs in this game, and you get the win, and then you get a little, you know, a little saucy with your opponents there, you know, to show that you're not giving up an inch of ground. It has to be the Blue Jays to win a game like this because it's as good as two wins with them right above you in the standings. So these are the kind of games you need to win. I, I think yesterday that we had all kind of recused ourselves from being on the Orioles hype train just kind of based on the way things are going. But, you know, if you throw in a couple of messy W's like or this on the road where they can't win, it seems like ever, 
uh, that's the step in the right direction to riding the ship. Yeah, I think so too. And looking at things right now, the O's are three and a half games back from the Jays, and the next closest team's the Twins at six. Right now, I think it's the Orioles, and that's it. I think that's really what we've came down to because the Twins and the Guardians are probably going to be battling it out for that American League Central. I think it come, it's coming down to the O's and the Jays, I think, is where it's going to be. And they play them again today, and this is going to be a big test for the O's because who's pitching tonight? Alec Manoa. Mm-hmm. So, and he's the O's have done very well against Manoa this season, which is very promising. But again, it's Alec Manoa on the mound. This is an All Star pitcher, a guy who dominated in his outing in the All Star game. So we'll have to see. I think if they win here today, I think this is a really good chance for them to get in because that'll drop Toronto to seventy five and sixty one, and that'll boost them to seventy three and sixty four. I, I think if a win today is almost a necessity if the O's want to get into the playoffs and. I think it's possible. It's definitely possible. They just have to do what they've done before. They got to depend on their guys at the top of the lineup. They got your Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, your Adley Rutschmans. Your guys got to hit, and the pitching does have to make that turn back to where it needs to be, as Luke alluded to before. Well, if you want to tune into the game, you can tune in right here on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network, at seven oh five for first pitch. Again, Alex Manoa or Alec Manoa on the mound for the Blue Jays. So, of course, West Virginia connection there. And then, uh, well, this is the final game against the Blue Jays and the Red Sox coming to town. So it's well, it's big series after big series, and then they get a little bit of a break when the Nats come to town uh, in two series because man, the Nats are just struggling. I haven't watched the Nats game in a few days, and for good reason. Because, well, actually, I haven't been playing too bad recently, but that's about all I can tell you because they've been tough to watch. Was it a Nationals game where that jabroni in the Soto jersey took the ball away from the kids? So, all right. We'll talk about that when we go back. we got to get to our first break. But, yes, <laughs> I believe that was at a Nationals game, and uh, there's a couple theories behind that because if you look a little deeper at the picture... The, the little girls don't look as innocent as they might in their uh, in their softball uniforms. That's hilarious you brought that up. But we'll talk about that after the break here on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Join the conversation on Twitter at EP News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Ice Warner alongside me, Luke Wiggs of Parker Stone. And Parker, this kind of sounds like a uh, wrestler intro. A little bit. A little walk out here. Got to raise the title belt. Talent here. Reminds me of some Lex Luger stuff. Sure. I have no idea who that is. Oh, you don't know about Lex Luger? Uh-uh. I, I, only, I told you. I know Goldberg, Gold Dust, Stone Cena. Cold, Stone Cold, John Cena, Rakishi. Remember Rakishi? The Rock. Rakishi. The Rock. Um, Undertaker. I don't know. All I'll, the like 90s I'll have to guys. find it. I've got it. When I was like eight or nine years old, we used to have this place called uh, Cheezers back when I grew up at. It was a, it was a little pizza and arcade Cheezers. place. It was called Cheezers. And so was this a Chuck E. Cheese Lex, Lex Luger and Rick Steiner came to Cheezers, and I got I got photos of both of them. I don't know if we still have them, but I'll have to see if we have them somewhere in, in the house. But yeah, met Lex Luger and... Uh, Rick Steiner at Cheezers, of all places. R.I.P. Cheezers, by the way. Cheezers. That does sound like a good place. Go get it. It was a good time. It was a good time. Um, But, Luke, you brought this up right before we went to break. Now, I saw this on, uh, I think John Boy uh, on Twitter posted the video. And looking at it again, it is at a Nats game. uh, And this guy, so you see a video of uh, what looks to be a, like, uh, peewee, t-ball, whatever, softball team, right? Young Mm -hmm. girls softball team. Uh, and they're in their like Hawaiian shirts that they got to give away. They got their gloves. They're standing on the uh, you know fence right there by right field, and uh, it looks like they're you know r- trying to get a ball from the right fielder, whoever that is, uh, at the time. So you see the right fielder throw the ball over towards them, and then out of nowhere, this adult steals the ball 
out of the girl's glove, basically, uh, catches it first, and then you see him disappear. People are fired up about this, saying this is what's wrong with fans of baseball games and da-da-da-da-da. But, but, with that being said, if you pause the video right at the beginning, uh, you can see not one, but three Major League Baseballs in the hands of three separate little girls. So, uh, look, I'm not trying to be that guy, right? I'm not trying to be that guy at all. Uh, yes, the guy, I hope that when he caught that, he gave it to a, you know, young fan or, you know, something along those lines. Uh, but sometimes, look, <laughs> you got to look a little deeper at these videos and not jump to conclusions. Now, it, it, not everybody's a bad guy like Zach Hample, all right? This guy's not being a bad guy, but you got you get sometimes got to look a little closer at it. You know the body language is he promptly walks in, that's catches the problem, it, pivots, and then immediately sprints away. The optics are bad. You know, I was at a red. I don't know if I said this on the show already. I was at a Red Sox game. Uh, we got in early. We're watching the Cardinals warm up, and um, Ryan Helsley, who I hope we get to mention at some point in the show because he's got a new closer intro. Oh, you yeah. saw I was oh, wearing yeah. a Cardinals shirt. And I don't mind. I have no pride as a Cardinal fan. So, hey, you know, put my hands up. Can I get a ball? Looked at me, pointed at me, threw it. And my intentions, I swear to goodness, hand on the Bible, there's a kid next to me, Red Sox jersey. I just wanted to catch the ball. I was like, yeah, I got oh, the ball. Oh, did you get give it, to the, well, give it to the kid. His dad, with his poorly manicured nails, just oh, took God. a chunk out of my... I caught the ball, and he just rips down the back my of my gosh. hand. Gets the ball and hands it to his kid. And I go, dude, I was going to give him the ball. And he... And then they promptly walked off. Man, goodness. Wow. You know, I'll tell you what, Red Sox fans are, are brutal. It's a little ruthless. A little They're brutal ruthless. out there. I've never really gotten that situation. I guess the closest I ever got was a Orioles game. They're playing the Red Sox, and Johnny Damon was taking batting practice. And I was standing like kind of down the uh, first base foul line on the wall, and he pulls it lefty, of course, pulls a screamer foul right, right at me. And all I got is my hat. And uh, I'm holding my hat out, and my thumb's like kind of facing the uh, home plate where the ball's coming. And this ball hits my hand at a velocity that I've never that never felt. And I just felt my finger immediately just explode. I don't think it ever broke, but it swelled up pretty good. But my hat fell onto the field, right? And mm-hmm. the, the security people, the game day staff, they're just looking at me, looking at the hat, and then they look back at the field. And I'm like, hey, can I get my hat? And they're oh like, no. Gosh. And I'm like, what? So then a player starts walking over, and I think he's going to get my hat, maybe get a ball, whatever, walks right past it. So, oh, yeah. no. Who knows? Who knows what ever happened to that hat? Who knows what ever happened? You got any cool uh, stories like that, Parker? Um, he, he met uh, the Undertaker at Cheezer. I, I I didn't get to meet the Undertaker at Cheezers. No, Cheezers. I, I've been able to meet that. But uh, I'm trying to think. If there was one. We were remember we went to Fenway. I think it was Ortiz's last season. We went to Fenway, and we saw them play up there. Or it might have been. Gosh, when was it? I think it might have been 16. If I yeah, it was 16. I had to I had to backtrack there, but yeah, I got to see them play. That was really fun. And then this uh this past summer or two summers ago, yeah, two summers ago, I got to see the uh Phillies and the Braves play when the Braves won the World Series last year and Segura had a nice double to win the game and extra innings, which that was pretty fun. I will say I got a ball and you know, my mom's back at home cleaning out my room, so I hope it doesn't get thrown away cuz it's a rubbish batting Brutal. practice ball. Man, you're really gone out. I know. Um <laughs> Uh, it was uh, the Pirates-Cardinals playoff game, the NLDS Game 4, when they beat uh, the Pirates to tie the series, and then Wainwright finished it off. Sam Freeman, crowd of Pirates fans. I was the one kid wearing a Cardinal jersey. I was a, not a kid. I guess it would have been like 15. Mm. Sam Freeman, left-handed reliever. That was probably like a career ADRA. You know, he's probably working at a Costco now. But just dropped the ball right in my lap. Got it. Crowd of Pirates fans, put it right in the money. Reached up, got it. 
So I have that souvenir, but it's a nice. batting practice. It's, it's it's got a story. It means something to me. It doesn't mean anything to anybody else. Mom, don't throw that away. Say, I've never gotten <laughs> yeah. I've never gotten close to uh, a home run ball or foul ball. Uh, but you know, watching videos like that, like this guy taking the ball from the girls, I like. I'm gonna tell you, if a home run ball or a foul ball is coming towards me, if I'm in a group of kids, I mean, I, I I'm not gonna know they're there. I'm gonna be so focused on that ball because I, I want that. Yeah. I want to catch one well, too. My thing is like, I want to make the play on the ball. I don't care if I give it to somebody, but like, I want to be like, yeah. I, want, I mean, I, I kind of want the ball, right? No, like if it's a screamer and I just made an incredible play, yeah. But you know, like, so if someone gets me a ball or it's a you know, know routine play, I think I'm giving if that to a kid. It, if it's a home run ball, foul ball, I think it's fair well, game. If it's getting thrown from like, if it it's looks like it's 700, purpose. I'm sprinting well, out of the yeah. stadium. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm getting my retirement. <sighs> well, anyways, back to. Uh, pertinent sports talk here on Panhandle Sports Live. Um, Brian Kelly is having a tough time as uh, the LSU coach. It didn't start well, of course, when he did his, like, uh, I'm here in Baton Rouge speech during a basketball game, and he had the fake, the air quotes, fake Ooh. southern accent thing. It was a tough look. So he's uh, kind of was behind the eight ball. Um, but that was brought on because of Coach O, uh, Ed Orgeron, getting uh, sacked, right, getting fired. And he was uh, doing a kind of Q&A thing at, where was it at? I have no idea. Camera, uh, camera was um, the Little Rock uh, Touchdown Club. Little oh, Rock yeah, Touchdown yeah. Club is where it was at. And uh, he had a pretty good uh, soundbite about why he left and kind of the reasoning behind the exit. And it's a great reminder that he was the perfect person to ever be an LSU coach. It's like it was scripted. Uh, but here's what he had to say about his leave from LSU. I'm so grateful. Oh, here's what he had to say about his leave from LSU. I'm so grateful of my time for LSU. That was my opportunity. You know, coaches got a shelf. Some coaches got 50 years. Some coaches got 12. Mine was six. Good. I got to tell you, we had a meeting. Say, Coach, things are not going well. Hey, Rachel, I can see that, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and they were good. And, and Scott Woodward is a friend of mine today. Really, really, a lot of respect for the way they handled me. So yeah, what's so, next? Well, well, I got to tell you this, though. Say, Coach, you got $17.1 million on your contract. We're going to give it to you. <laughs> I said, what time do you want me to leave? What door you want me out of, brother? <laughs> I mean, just what an I'm absolute so legend of a person Ed, Coach O was. And uh, I think he handled all that pretty well. And we were talking about it before the show started. I mean, it's not like he had this huge pedigree of coaching, you know, success behind him. He just kind of was placed at the right place at the right time with the right, you know, guys around him and players on his team. And, of course, they went on to win a national championship. Joe Burrow becomes a, a legend, uh, you know, forever. And, um, well, I think I think college football is missing a little something with Coach O not on the sidelines. Yeah, I think so from a culture standpoint. I mean, we can go back and look at that firing, and it probably needed to happen. You know, he didn't really have a greatest track record. Terrible tenure, three years in Ole Miss, and it was okay at USC for a year. And he has just two 10-win seasons with an LSU program that had national champion aspirations. Yeah. And he wins one with the greatest collection of talent maybe in college football history ever, which obviously you can give him a ton of credit for recruiting and bringing in and fostering that talent. But what a good guy. You know, I I really hope there's you know, Louisiana State or something. You know, the, not Louisiana State. That's LSU. What am I talking about? <laughs> yeah. Louisiana, the Raging Cages. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or he needs, Tech. Yeah, yeah Tech. Some, like somewhere Tulsa. where he can go in the state and, and and do his thing and uh, um, and, and and land on his feet. But what a what a he's like. 
college football coaches or college coaches in general, you know, you think like I have business guys. Yeah. Like Jim Calhoun and Jim Bayheim. I don't want to talk to these guys, you know, Nick say no, no disrespect for the West Virginia guy. Not not that interesting of a person. Right. I think we would all just do just about anything. And I hate crawfish to have crawfish with coach or have some gumbo with coach. O. the thing is, is like people, I mean, I would love to have beer with them, right? Absolutely. If you, if you're in and around Baton Rouge, you might end up seeing him just at a tiki bar somewhere. I mean, you see videos all the time on Twitter of people just running into him at places. And, you well, know, now he's got 17 million. He's, I mean, he can just do whatever he wants. <laughs> he can buy the dang tiki bar if he wanted <laughs> yeah, to. <do>. Exactly. <laughs> Coach O's tiki bar. Coach O's tiki bar. But I think uh, they're definitely missing. College football misses uh, a little something without and, Coach O. And, and by the way, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that his replacement, Brian Kelly, just got dunked on oh, at a press yeah, conference. Yeah. Reporters showing up late. And he makes a comment to that. We'll open up the questions to the reporters that just showed up late. And then one of the reporters from the back of the room, which having the gall to mm-hmm. say this was bold to just say, we'll show up on time if you win a game. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Nobody said being a head football coach was easy, especially at LSU. And it's been a uh, interesting start for Brian Kelly. I think that's fair enough. As we mentioned before with him having that basketball interview, that introduction thing, the, uh, memed 360 camera shots he's had with recruits and stuff and now now you lose your opener to florida state possibly your best player on the roster might not be of the on the roster anymore in case butte and you're going into an sec that looks pretty stacked i mean you got alabama arkansas florida georgia south carolina kentucky i don't think lsu is better than any of them Mm -mm. and they'll be in dog fights against old miss and mississippi state it might be it might be a tough first year for Brian Kelly, so we'll have to see if he can stay the course. Yeah, Coach O needs a podcast. He does. He needs a podcast. He needs a he needs somebody Coach, following him you're around. Welcome like, on the show anytime. Get him on game <laughs> yeah. day. Get him on. Yeah, that'd be Pat. that'd be a crew. Him and Pat. <laughs> that would be something, especially if they got going. Really got going. Mm-mm-mm. Oh boy! But uh, we gotta get to our last break of the hour. So stick around. We'll be back uh, with more Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Well, Parker, while we got the time, let's go ahead and get into Parker's picks. All right, he went for another solid two for three yesterday. Lock of the day did hit. The Braves did beat the A's by a little closer of a margin than I wanted than what I wanted it to be. It was ten to nine final. The Padres also hit it late. Uh, Jorge Alfaro hit a walk off to win it for the Padres. And then sadly, I was a victim of picking the under in Coors because the uh, Brewers. I think ended up winning that one ten to seven is what the final that was. And you guys see that Yelich home run. No, four ninety nine. Yeah. It was the longest home run of the majors since I think twenty nineteen. Like From Yelly? From Yelly. It, yes, it's sir. prime Yelly's back. He back? I was gonna say, is he back? I hope it's it. Return of the king. Did he have more a fun. little bit of a steroids scare? Or am I, I mixing him and Ryan Braun? That's Braun. Yeah, okay. Ryan Braun. Braun did, did yeah, Ryan Braun yeah. did get caught. But for today, I like the lock of the day being sorry, Jordan. Cards over the Nats today. That's fine. It's what I'd call you crazy if with. you pick the Nats. I'm liking crazy. I'm liking the cards over the Nats today to lock in as well as like Mariners over the White Sox and Reese Hoskins. I like two plus total bases from the Philly Slugger. He's had a really good month of August leading into the start of September as the Phillies are going to try and lock up a playoff spot. And he's facing Trevor Rogers today. Reese Hoskins is very good against left-handed pitching. 
I like Hoskins getting two total bases today. But again, my lock of the day, pick the Cardinals over the Nationals. Can you imagine almost hitting a baseball 500 feet? I mean, basically hitting a baseball 500 feet. It's incredible. Oh my gosh. You, you, I can't even fathom well, it. Speaking of steroids, you think he got tested after that game? Oh, 100%. Oh, probably. <laughs> yeah. I think he had a surprise random test because he had a 500-foot home run. Incredible. 505 is the furthest ever hit. That was back in 2019. Oh, my goodness. Nomar Mazzara? Yeah, no more. Yeah, no more. The farthest uh, baseball hit um, you guys know was uh, down in Charleston, West Virginia. Um, Out of Watt Pal? Uh, Watt Pal. Uh, yeah. Willie Mays hit one into the back of a coal truck and our coal train, and it uh, went 600 miles across the country. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's, That's a good little fun fact. There How are the Dirty Birds doing this year now that they switched I up? Do, do we have any know. idea? The uh, the Black Bears won a championship yesterday in That's Morgantown. Right. And a good in a big weight, too. Yeah, ten unanswered runs. They bring in their closer in the sixth inning. He strikes out ten in a row. It's their second championship. They won the New York Penn League. Uh their first year as a team back when it was actually major league affiliate well, a team affiliated when they were a pirates affiliated. Uh when Kevin Newman was on that team and uh, a bunch of other guys. Uh oh crud, I can't they called him the Mexican Babe Ruth. Uh, something <laughs> something Munoz was that guy's name. Hit so talk about a guy that hit tanks, man. Oh man, he was he was something else. Um, but yeah, good shout outs to the people back in Morgantown and all those Black Bear uh, fans that, that have been sticking with that team with them and basically being an independent league now, the MLB Draft League and the New York Penn League, which doesn't exist anymore. It's gone through a lot of changes, and of course, uh, their manager, West Virginia baseball legend and longtime major leaguer Jed Jerko. Man, I was uh, expecting a little bit more out of the Charleston Dirty Birds merch selection. Really? You think Not if much? you had, you know, because minor league baseball stuff is usually pretty cool, and you think you got a mascot like the Dirty Birds, you could get, you know, some pretty good merch going. But I could have done this merch. Oh, uh, actually, there's man. one that looks pretty cool. It looks like it's got a uh, coal miner light on the front. That is cool. That's sweet. That's kind of cool. Well, I guess well, the more I'm looking at it, the hats are actually pretty nice. You know, uh, the baseball is like a hobo baseball. The final four for the Black Bears when they're picking their mascot, they had kind of a fan vote. Kind of. It was between the Black Bears, who won, obviously, yeah. the Black Diamonds, which is Ooh, kind of a spin of both the Negro League era of baseball yeah. and coal. Uh, so you could have both of those angles. The Moonshiners, which it had this like like 1930s Stetson like gangster car like was that. its logo. Oh, that would um, be cool. And then the fourth one was the Musketeers. Uh, don't like that one. The Moonshiners and the Musketeers were quickly disposed of because basically the reasoning behind it was they wanted kids to be able to wear their merchandise in schools and alcohol-based and gun-based stuff wouldn't be allowed in schools. But I think the Black Diamond name would have been the best. Black Diamond's cool. They have have had in the past Moonshiners night where they have like the the, the artist designs for what that would have been and have sold those jerseys and those hats, and that turned out pretty well. I mean, no one's complaining about Black Bears, obviously. Yeah, Black Bears. But that was, I think it was a pretty, you're right, Musketeer is a distant fourth, but all three of those names I thought were very, very, very good choices. Very similar to the Washington Commanders, had the Red Tails, which I thought would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all these cool, cool names and then settled with the Commanders. Well, I tell you what uh, minor league team usually has my favorite merch, and um, it was Hagerstown Suns, RIP, uh, but it's the Montgomery Biscuits. I was you about to say the Biscuits. <laughs> so the, have you ever seen their 
logo, Parker? I don't know if I've seen theirs. My brother's got a hat of a minor league team. It's with, uh, I think it's like the Churros or something like that. The, the biscuits, it's literally a biscuit with eyes on top, and then it's open in the middle, and then it's got a piece of butter in it as the tongue. I love this. And uh, the, their ballpark's awesome. It's one of the oldest ballparks left in the nation, uh, and they have unbelievable hats and T-shirts and stuff. So if you're looking for a little minor league uh, gear, I would suggest the Montgomery Biscuits. There are some good ones out there. The Trash Pandas. Yeah, that's a good one. one. The Albuquerque Isotopes. Yeah, the Isotopes is a good one. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Come on. There's there's so many good minor league things. Yeah, just minor league baseball seems to have like really fun merch too. Like it's just like they're it's fun. They can get away with a lot more. Yeah, that makes sense. And since we brought up Morgantown, I thought I thought I'd bring this up real quick. So that uh, you guys see that Jimbo Fisher uh, interview he had with that one reporter talking about yeah WDTV West Virginia's finest. Yeah, quite not quite WBOY Daniel Woods if you're listening (laughs) to the market, but still, is he gonna? Do you think there's ever a pathway to getting Jimbo or like Saban to coach Mountaineer? Saban, no. Jimbo, maybe. Yeah. If he I doesn't turn things around at Texas A&M. He's going to be looking for a gig. He's going to get fired. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, his buyout right now is like 70 million. <laughs> he's got a massive contract. Not 17.1 like at uh, But the, what he said, I think, is a perfect response to somebody that would be, you know, he said home is home, which is cool. Uh, people forget that Saban was on the staff here at WVU. I think Jimbo was as well, was he not? I think so. Uh, I want to say. And, and not to mention Lou Holtz is from mm-hmm. West Virginia. Not that Lou Holtz would oh. to come back and coach. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that that would be pretty wild. I think that, you know, we've talked about Neil Brown's job security, and I think he's going to solidify his job security if he wins the next three games in a row. However, if Jimbo gets fired today and he calls – Gordon Gee. It's his job. It's his job. It's his yeah. job. It's his job. Absolutely. It's his job. I, and I, I wouldn't be, you know, I, I love the job that Neil's done, but I don't think I would be complaining. You know, that, does, that would be something else. Does that immediately put West Virginia? I mean, West Virginia is usually in the national spotlight anyways, but does that put a firm spotlight on him? Yeah. Jimbo comes to town. And, and Neil Brown's done a really good job opening up avenues to recruiting for this program, and they haven't had the results to back it up, and yet he still sets program records for recruiting. So to make the inroads that Neil Brown has had, and then in theory to bring in somebody like Jimbo Fisher, you could start having recruiting classes that could rival anywhere in the country. One thing about conference realignment, really quickly, I know we're running out of time, is as these schools go all over the place in the country, regionalized recruiting doesn't matter anymore. Right. Yeah. Like Dana Holgerson was getting 10th choice players from yeah. Texas because he wanted to recruit Texas, and you've struggled to recruit this area because of the ACC with Maryland and Pitt and Penn State and Ohio State taking away all the regional kids. But as these schools go to conferences, it doesn't matter where you're going to play your football because the chances are you're going to play anywhere in the country anyways. Yeah. So the Mountaineers have done a good job of not having to worry about regionalized recruiting. A long answer to that question. And yeah, Jimbo, well, I would not say no to. Neither would you guys, I'm no, no shot. I think it's a possibility and be a crazy story. I mean, it's a guy again who's cool. won a national championship at the highest level of college football. And I, I hope one day we can maybe see Jimbo coach the Mountaineers. But for right now, he's staying with the Aggies and we'll see how they can turn it around over there. Now, Luke, I didn't give you enough time. So you got about two minutes. Uh, Chelsea, we'll get back to some soccer talk. Uh, Chelsea FC fires their manager today, this morning. I think like two hours ago they fired him. People over here in the States are just waking up to it. Uh, immediate thoughts, quick reaction. Uh, well, Americans should care about this because the most talented American soccer player in the world, Christian Pulisic, plays for Chelsea and was not playing. And, PA. and getting, exactly, exactly, just down the road, up the road. He uh, he was 
butting heads with Tuchel. Tuchel wasn't playing him. He he said he wasn't good enough for his system. He wanted out. Chelsea wouldn't sell him, whatever. And an American owns Chelsea now as well as Todd Bowley. So Tuchel gets fired uh, kind of out of nowhere, but it needed to be done. He'd run that team into the ground. First 50 games he managed, they concede 26 goals, win the Champions League. Previous 50 games he's managed, they concede over 50 goals. They were falling apart. They lost to a team from Croatia yesterday in the Champions League. It needed to happen. It looks like they're going to sign Brighton's manager. The fact that they sold Billy Gilmore, who in my is my favorite player in the world, for no reason, uh, and then sack Tuchel. I hope they get to buy him back. Uh, but I'm happy that he's gone. He's just a very irritating person to watch on the sideline. He'll land on his feet. He'll be fine. He'll win another Champions League before it's all said and done. But he's gone. Pulisic is freed. And uh, Chelsea, with American ownership, that just spent $300 million on new players. You know, let's get it done. Well, there you go. Goodness. I think we've literally covered it all today, fellas. We did. I think we've went fully around the horn today. So. <laughs> yeah, from wrestling to soccer to football to baseball. Never know what you're going to get here on uh, Panhandle Sports Live. But if you missed any of it, let's back to it a little bit later on over on our Panhandle or on our Panhandle News Network Facebook page. But for Parker and for Luke, I'm Jordan. It's been Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.